When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Crossover Podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you are new to the show, this is where we talk to someone who covers the 49ers opponent for the week, learn a little bit more about them, and hopefully I yell at them and tell them why the 49ers are going to win. Today, I'm very pleased and privileged to be joined by Peter Bukowski, who covers the Packers for the Lockdown Packers Podcast. What's up, Peter? I'm excited to be here. It's a, it, there's been a lot of a lot of chirping, a lot mostly from 49ers fans. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, to get into it here. Yeah, that's been me. Not going to lie. I'm the problem. It's me. Um, I was just, first of all, the Packers absolutely dismantled the Cowboys in every possible way. First of all, I want to say thank you for making last weekend just incredibly enjoyable for me because I was <laughs> cackling when Savage intercepted Dak. And you could tell yeah. pretty much right when he caught it that he was gone. I was cackling in my house. I actually, my my wife texted me and was like, are you okay? Because I was in my office and she was in the other, in the next room with my with my son. And I was like, yeah, this is just really funny. And I, I came out when they went to break and I was like, um, do you know what the score is? And she was like, I checked as soon as I heard you laughing in your office. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And I've, I've said this, that there are two different kinds of years that your team, not two, but among the different kinds of years your team can have. And I feel like the 49ers and Packers are a perfect example of this because there's the kind of year like the 49ers have had where you are, you've been knocking on the door and you've been expected to win and you have a really good roster and a good coach and, and all this stuff and everything is sort of, you hope, lining up to make a run. But yeah. there's another kind of year, especially when you have a young quarterback, where you think you could be good, you think it might be able to come together and every week you're like, is it going to happen again? It's, it's happening. Is this really happening? And I feel like that's where the Packers are. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's also been like what the last two 49er playoff runs have been that way in a lot of ways where they go in and they have to win these games on the road. And it's sort of like, well, I, I don't know. Jimmy G's hurt and this and that. And I you know not last year to a lesser degree because you had Brock Purdy and then you have the injuries in the NFC championship game. But this is a different position for the Packers to be in, certainly Packers fans, because Aaron Rodgers has been in the building for the last 15 years. And so you were always expected. Like I compared this. The, the 2008 comparison is the one that has been out there. I think this is closer to 2009. And, and if you think about it, I think in a lot of ways, it's actually closer for those of us who remember it, 1995, when you have the quarterback who comes in, he fills in for, you know, the old guy, not, not a hall of famer, Brett Favre from Don Mikowski, not a hall of famer, but they go on the road and they stun the 49ers at candlestick as nine and a half point favorites, by the way. And then they go to Dallas and they have a lead in that game, and they can't quite hold it because the Cowboys, that's Emmett Smith, that's Troy Aikman, that's Jay Novacek, that's Michael Irvin, that's Leon Lett, that's Larry Allen, that's all those guys. And you go, okay, that's what a championship team looks like. They come back and they win the Super Bowl next year. 
this season very much feels that way where you're like, okay, they're a little ahead of schedule. You go and you get the upset win. You go and you hang with the true NFC contender. And then it's the next year where you're actually able to go make a run. And that feels very much where they are now. That being said, Rob, like 2010, we kind of thought that's what they were. And then they went, they just kept winning and they kept winning and they kept winning. And all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is holding the Lombardi trophy at the end. And you're just sort of like, I don't know how we got here, but man, it was fun. And the fact that you won it with Mike McCarthy, looking back now, I give you even more credit, <laughs> but I really appreciate you bringing up 95. Like, thanks for that. That's awesome. As a 49er fan, really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of Niner fans that have looked and said, well, the 49ers beat the Packers in the playoffs when they had Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is not better than Aaron Rodgers. So what do I have to worry about? Can you explain to people how the offense has changed without Aaron Rodgers there? Well, don't take it from me. Take it from Nick Bosa who said earlier this week that Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer and an MVP, but he doesn't always want to run the offense and it makes it harder to sequence plays. And to me, that's a, it's a little bit funny coming from the 49ers just because they're, they're Shanahan pilled. They know that if you just run the offense, you can beat anybody. Like that's just what the off it's the offense is that good. And what we've seen this year is Matt LaFleur you know, if you didn't think he was before, if you couldn't separate Rodgers from LaFleur, you have to now, right? Because we've seen him just be in his bag, find new ways to solve these problems. And, you know, there, there are a lot of little schematic things that he's doing. There are a lot of big schematic changes that have been made to this offense. And the 49ers, above anyone, should know how dangerous this offense can be when you have a quarterback who's not only willing to run it, as Jordan Love is, take the layups, take the easy stuff. But then when it's not there or when they bring that zero pressure and you don't really have answers built into the play, can you go and make that second reaction play? Can you make that virtuosic play? And Jordan Love has shown time and time that he has that ability. And I've said this on my show. I've said this on Twitter. I'll say it anywhere they let me say it. Jordan Love has been, has played like the best quarterback in the NFL since Thanksgiving. That it just like, he just has played the best. And I know that Brock Purdy, if you look at the, the pure numbers, they'll say Brock Purdy has been just as good. I have eyes and I know what I see. And Jordan Love, to me, has been the best quarterback in the league over the last two and a half months. And that gives them a shot in this game. Is it fair for me to bring up, well, over the last two and a half months, you've played the Giants, the Bucks, sure. the Panthers, the Vikings. Not saying Jordan Love hasn't played well, because he has, but maybe has he looked a little better than he actually is because of the quality of the opponents that he's played. Okay. I think that would be a more compelling case. If Jordan love hadn't lit up the Kansas city chiefs who have a top 10 defense, it would be a more compelling case. If they hadn't lit up the Minnesota Vikings who only don't have a top 10 defense now because well, at least in part because Jordan love lit them up in Minnesota at us bank stadium. Um, And I don't like the Cowboys are a top five defense. Any way you slice it. And he went in, and absolutely flambéed them in Dallas. Every rule that they have, Matt LaFleur knows how to break. And, and you know, it's not, a, it's not a big brag on a 49ers podcast because Kyle Shanahan is the original Dan Quinn breaker. But the fact that you now have Matt LaFleur showing he's able to do that too, I think it's one of those, like, if you show you can go blow for blow with Kyle Shanahan and, and this 49ers team against that caliber of defense, the Bears were playing like a top 10 defense. You look at weighted DVOA, eighth and weighted DVOA after the Packers dismantled them for 432 yards in that final week of the season. Everyone was going, oh, this 
this Bears defense, look out, they Montez sweat all. And then the Packers went up and down the field on them. So like, I'm, I, I kind of have hinted that they're defense proof. I don't know that anyone is truly defense proof, except maybe Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers in his prime prime, you know, 2019, 2020, that's post prime Aaron Rodgers. Even when he's winning MVPs, that's just how great he is. <laughs> but um, th this, this Packers offense has played against some elite defenses and they have not had the kind of struggles that you would expect from a first-year quarterback, from the youngest group of skill players in modern NFL history. They set every rookie receiving record. It is, I don't know that we've given enough credit to this team for what they've been able to do this year, given the circumstances. What I have always said about Kyle Shanahan is the thing that makes me most excited to have him as the head coach is most teams go into weeks and they think, well, if we can get some coverage breakdowns, if we can get them to play their defense incorrectly, we can make some big plays. And with Shanahan and with LaFleur now, it's the opposite to where you want the other team to play their defense exactly the way they always yeah. play. Because I know how to break your rules, like you said. That's the advantage. To me, that's what separates the great play callers from just the rest of the group in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I think you also have to be willing to be um, – formulaic about it like you have to be willing to say okay we we and and it was richard sherman i think who said you know there are times it was some former 49er who said there are there are plays kyle shanahan will just burn because he knows he can come back to it later Kittle. he's willing to just say I, I like i don't care if this second and eight run doesn't work because if i can come back and run this play off play action off that second and eight run in the second half and create an explosive that's worth it and i think that was something that Aaron Rodgers was not willing to do. So this goes back to your original question. Like, it's really hard to sequence plays when you're constantly changing them at the line of scrimmage. And Rodgers is a savant at that. He, they won two MVPs doing that. But even Adam Stenovich, the offensive coordinator for the Packers, was just sort of like, it's harder to call an offense, play in and play out, when you come to the sideline after a drive and go, okay, that second one, what was that call? What did you see there? And, and it's just like, it just makes everything a little bit more complicated. And when you have that cohesion, those are the little edges you need against playoff caliber defenses. Certainly that's what San Francisco has um, that I think can, can give the Packers an opportunity. And, and the cool thing, I'm sorry, I'm running long on this, but the, the, the modification of the LaFleur system with what Aaron Rodgers wants to do set Jordan Love up to succeed even in another way because what they'll do is they'll have on one half of the concept will be a quick game concept. And if you don't like it, rather than say Aaron Rodgers scramble drill, they built in on the other side of the concept, a longer developing play. So you could go one, two, three, I don't like it, reset. And now I'm on time to this other concept. It's not a clear out. It, no, it's like there's an actual other concept on the other side. And we ha there have been so many times this year where I've watched Jordan Love get to his back foot on a quick drop, not like it, one, two, reset and fire the sail or fire the post or fire the deep comeback. And that kind of stuff, the ability to marry that with what Aaron Rodgers used to do well, and then you have a quarterback who can do that too. It's just like this extra evolution of the Shanahan stuff that is really, really tough to deal with because you can cover it perfectly and it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, when your second and third reads are not even designed to come open until you've already checked with the first read and looked off, it is, it's a whole other wrinkle in the offense. To me, I look at it and I say, Jordan Love played his best 
when Aaron Jones was there running mm-hmm. for 100 yards, like he yeah. has each of the last four weeks. You have said something on Twitter that I have used basically all week long, which <laughs> is pretty much that the 49ers in your eyes are not a very good run defense. Because I think a big part of this game hinges on how how much the Packers can get out of Aaron Jones. I don't think he's going to have a ton of success tomorrow. Do you think he's going to have success tomorrow? I, I do. And I like, I understand EPA per play can be a little opaque to people. It was opaque for me for a long time. But if you look at EPA per play, so estimated points added by EPA per rush, the Packers actually have a slightly better run defense than the 49ers. And I thought, okay, well, fourth quarter, all they do is win by two scores. Like no one's running it anyway. So, and if they are, they're probably picking up 12 yards because the 49ers are playing soft. If you, if you take away garbage time and you just go like run of play, the 49ers defense against the run actually gets a little bit worse. 27th in EPA per rush. And this was a great stat from, from Warren Sharp. He just put out against outside zone runs this season, which is the Kyle Shanahan tree bread and butter. It is the best Aaron Jones run. The 49ers allow 5.1 yards per carry. That's 31st. 0.05 EPA per rush. That's 31st. Very few runs produce positive EPA. That's big. 38% success rate. That's 27th. They're 31st in explosive run rate and 32nd yards after contact per rush on outside zone runs. The Packers, that is that is what Aaron Jones is. He's an outside zone runner. They killed the Cowboys with split flow zone and then the play action off of that split zone. I think this is going to be one of those, those games where you have eight possessions each because the 49ers are going to move the ball in the Packers defense. I have, I have no <laughs> fear of that. That is going to happen. Um, and I think the Packers are going to be able to run the ball on San Francisco. I think that is going to make it easier for them to maintain drives. Um, and that's going to, that's going to mean that every negative is amplified. You throw a pick, you have a fumble, you have a sack on second down. that just scuttles a drive, a holding call that can scuttle a drive. Those things are going to be even more important in this game. And that's good for an underdog. You want one mistake to be a big deal because that introduces that variance. And so for the, now, now there's weather coming in and you've got Brock Purdy's tiny baby hands involved. And so now it's, it's just a whole other thing. You've introduced a little more variance. And so that's, I think that's a good thing for the Packers. You're right. The rain does give me a little bit of a worry. Um, the weather report keeps changing, so I try not to. It has changed every day. Like literally every day it's changed. So here's what I will say. If it is raining, I will be very uncomfortable because Brock has clearly not looked like himself in the rain. 49er fans get mad whenever I say that, but it is a pure fact. But I think if that happens, Kyle's going to go Christian McCaffrey left, Christian McCaffrey right, yeah. Christian McCaffrey up the middle, Debo around the edge. I think Debo's going to have a big rushing game, and I just I can't see Green Bay slowing that down. I think that's right. I think that like I, I don't have any I don't have any counter. I think that's going to happen. Now I, I will say this: um, the Bears have an elite rush offense. The Packers bottled them. The Cowboys don't, and the Vikings don't. Um, so that like that's not that impressive. But over the last month and a half, this Packers run defense has been much better. Part of the reason is they've been playing some more true four man fronts. They're a base three four team but they've been playing more true four-man fronts. They've been playing even some like very true 4-3 where they've got three linebackers on the field, true off-ball linebackers, and four guys with their hands in the dirt. Um, when Rashawn Gary does it, he stands, but it's still a four-man front. Um, and so that that part is interesting to me. And then they've done this other thing where they've they've played with more five-man surfaces up front. Some of that is to, to run rush five, 
which we saw um, Raheem Morris have a lot of success with in that Rams run when they went to the Super Bowl, just get a bunch of one-on-ones. And I think the, the thing for the Packers that they have to hope for is can you get just enough early down run stop success rate? Can you get, can you just get one or two a drive where you go, okay, it's first and 10. Now it's second and nine or it's second and 11 and you've got to throw it. Does Kyle Shanahan stay patient? And then that allows Rashawn Gary one-on-one against your right tackle, or you're going to run those games. They've been really good with games. This is one of the deepest pass rush, pass rush. Why is that such a hard word to say, Rob? Pass rush groups in the league. Devontae Wyatt, who please don't, don't speak next time. Just when, if you're thinking about doing it, don't. Um, Kenny Clark, Carl Brooks. Yeah. Uh-huh. There it is. Um, it, and it's not true. We know it's not true for those watching. Like it, it, it's not true. Brock Purdy has been the number one rated passer against pressure this season. So yes, it's good to get pressure, but like, it doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden going to be terrible. It's just like, that's what you have to do. You have to be able to create pressure. Um, and so that's where you have to try and do it. I've said this for a couple of years now that the Packers best run defense is going to be their offense. The reason Kyle Shanahan couldn't stick with the run against the chiefs is they started scoring and then they kept scoring and you're worried about Patrick Mahomes. So if they're worried about the Packers scoring or, and, or if the Packers are actually scoring, I think they're going to feel more obligated to have to throw the ball. And then maybe you get outside of game script a little bit. Also Packers win the toss, they get the ball, they go down and they, they score seven points. You get a, you get a quick three and out a holding call. And all of a sudden now it's 10, nothing, 14, nothing. How does that change the game? Obviously it's, I don't know if you know this, Rob, if you're um, leading by two touchdowns, you're probably going to win. Like, that's just like, it's probably, it's probably good to be up. Um, that's my sparkling, um, football analysis here. So, but I, to your, like you, you know, this and your audience knows this, they're just not built to come from behind and try and win. So, um, I, I think that's, that's a big thing here is the Packers offense has to keep the pressure on the 49ers to throw it. The big difference from a 49ers standpoint is in previous years, especially I was dreading second and nine, third yeah, and seven. I don't oh, have to, God. the terror that would fill my heart <laughs> on those downs. When Brock drops back to pass, I think something good is about to happen. Yeah. It's a new feeling for us. I feel like the same old, like, well, if you just put the ball in your hands of your quarterback, you can beat the 49ers. That's not the case this year. I promise you, if there are Packer fans that are watching, Brock Purdy can dice you up. And he, he can, um, but every quarterback is worse under pressure. So being the best quarterback under pressure in the league is still sort of like being you know, the, the highest scoring doctor that's still got a D average. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's good. You were better than these other people, but like everyone is worse under pressure than when they're clean. And especially for the 49ers, like when he's kept clean and has time to throw, you can't stop them. Like you're just not going to stop them. So the only chance you have to stop them is to try and create some pressure, try and create some, some indecision, um, give them, give him a muddy picture and hope that, that he can't do it. Can't process it quick enough. Or, you know, the footing, maybe the footing stops receivers from being able to get in and out of breaks as quickly. Like Brandon Ayuk is a dynamic route runner, but if the footing's not great, is he going to be able to snap off DBs in the same kind of way? We'll see. I think that is it, it generally a benefit for the offense though, because they know where they're going and the defense doesn't. So we'll, we'll see how that, uh, manifests itself on Saturday night. Speaking of Ayuk. I would assume if he plays, Jair Alexander would be matched up on Brandon Ayuk. Um, first, I would, I would not assume that. Do you think Jair is going to play? 
I do. I don't think they're going to match. Um, and I think the reason is because we don't know if Jair is going to play. Um, last week, the same thing. It was like, okay, just put Jair Alexander on CeeDee Lamb. And then on Wednesday, he he twists his ankle in a walkthrough. Just a freak accident kind of thing. Just steps on someone's foot. Um, and it sucks. Um, we, he didn't get practice. I think they just gave him the week because they know, okay, if you just give him the rest, we don't need to see him practice. Like, he's Jair Alexander. He's a former All-Pro. Like, we know that he's a good player. Um, but then they didn't they didn't match him with CeeDee Lamb. They didn't even let him travel into the slot very often on CeeDee Lamb, to be honest. And the biggest play that he made in the game was him covering Brandon Cooks. They tried to throw a little slant on third down, and, and Jair just bullied him at the catch point. So um, I, I don't expect to see that. I think what we will see, though, is, um, and we saw this last week, whenever CeeDee Lamb lined up outside, whoever had him, they were pressed up. Not always jamming, but pressed up. No free access at the line of scrimmage for these guys, I think is going to be part of the deal. And we saw that a little bit as well in 2021 in that playoff game when the Packers defense played really, really, really well in that game. They were aggressive. They were physical. They played downhill and they stopped the run in that game. Now, no Christian McCaffrey, but if you can win at the point of attack, it kind of doesn't matter how good your running back is if there's not a lane for him to, to take advantage of, right? So no one has really been able to do that all year and really stop them. Um, I was I was trying to make this case to someone the other day. I was like, did you watch the Ravens game? They averaged over six yards per play. They had over 400 yards of offense in that Ravens game. It wasn't like Mike McDonald figured Kyle Shanahan out. They got five interceptions. Like that's why they won, not playing and play out dominating. Now, also, if you go back and you you watch the drives when the game is still in doubt, it wasn't like they were moving it up and down the field. That it was, you know, like that's still true that they weren't having overwhelming success, but I think three of the five, no, four of the five interceptions came in Ravens territory. So that just tells you they're moving the ball. You just have these incredibly deleterious interceptions. Um, and that takes points off the board, including the Sam Darnold one at the end. That was, I think, actually literally in the end zone. <sighs> Sam Darnold, no matter how little he plays, he'll still find a way to turn the ball over in that small <laughs> amount of time. Thank God. He is not playing this weekend. And thank you, Peter, for giving us so much of your time. We really appreciate it. If you want more Peter Bukowski in your life, you can follow him on X at Peter underscore Bukowski, or you could download the Lockdown Packers podcast every single day. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks, Rob. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.